Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am your co-host, Nate, and surprise, surprise, we are here with the one, the only co-host, <laughs> Jimbo Reyes. It I has been a few weeks. It sure has, man. It sure has. I am pumped to be here, as always, and uh, ready to talk some baseball. Yeah. So, of course... The season finish, um, we're recording this on Thursday, it's coming out on Friday, but the season finished yesterday on Wednesday, final games of the year. I, of course, had a break during the second half of the Brewers game, so I only got to watch the first half, which was fine because they lost in disappointing season, but I stumbled upon something today that was highly disappointing. So as you know, the Brewers, 86 wins, the Phillies, 87 wins. We needed two wins to be able to pass them up because if we just won one more, they would have had the tiebreaker. <clears throat> but if we win another one, you know, so we were two wins back essentially end of the year, which stinks because we blew two wins in the eighth and ninth inning just this last week. But the worst part about all this is the Brewers played the Phillies once this year in June, maybe July. And Josh Hader blew a 2-1 lead in the ninth inning to go down 3-2. We lost in that game. If we win that game, if he holds out and we win that game, the Brewers have 87 wins at the end of the season. The Phillies have 86, and we're in the playoffs. That one single, one-run, ninth-inning blown save is the difference between being in the playoffs and, and not being it. You know, every year you're like, man, if we miss the playoffs by one game, I'll point back to this game for as the reason why the Brewers had a million of those this year. But truly, you can really pin it down to one single game, one single ninth inning blown save against the Phillies, and that's why the Phillies are in and the Brewers are out. <coughs> that's tough. Yeah. And now I realize, you know, I was aiming for our fifth straight postseason. And yes, that is a lot. But for a Brewers fan, um, we would have been aiming for our 10th total. So, like, it's not, not exactly a storied history. But I am talking to a Tigers fan who hasn't been in the playoffs for a while. And, like, the Mariners, I think since... 2001? 14? 14 for the Tigers? And yeah. and the mayor, I live in Washington now, and the Mariner is obviously breaking their first their playoff drought yeah. since two thousand one. So I shouldn't complain. Yeah, Tigers are bad, man. It's been it's been rough, but still a baseball. So here we are. Here we are. And real <laughs> quick, while we're on the last day of the season, um, for those of you that haven't seen this video go watch Stephen votes last at bat for the a's Stephen Volt, former brewer former a lot of a lot of teams um just a veteran catcher 37 years old been around the block a uh, time or two last game of his career has his kids announcing him over the uh, jumbotron to a stadium that maybe had 3,000 people in it but it was still cool <coughs> and he has his kids announcing his name across uh over the over the speakers and in his last at bat of his career he gets into one hits a home run and i mean 
the announcers losing their minds. We're talking a 3-2 game, A's, Angels, two terrible teams. Announcers losing their minds. Fans losing their minds. Steven Vogt running around the bases, losing his mind. Fellow A's players coming out of the dugout. You know how they come out of the dugout for, for Aaron Judge breaking home run number 62? That's what the A's did for Steven Vogt. It's just it was an incredible, incredible uh thing to watch. And just one of those like yeah. Uh one of those like you know, when people say, Oh, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball, like right there, that is just an incredible scenario where it's a man who gave a very long time to baseball and the last couple of years were a struggle, and then in his final at bat had probably one of the most beautiful moments I can remember on a baseball field. Yeah. And I love stuff like that because those guys, I mean, it's not easy for, for players to play an entire season. It's not easy for their families either because they, they are gone like eight months of the year, usually like gone, gone. Like they are, because even like days of the, you know, let's say it's a seven o'clock game. Those guys are still getting there at like 11, 11 a.m. So it's like an all day thing and they don't they don't get done till like midnight or 1130 midnight. They don't see their see. And especially if you have little kids, you know, you rare like barely see your kids, especially when you're when you're gone. But another thing that was cool about Stephen Vald is I saw this yesterday was he was literally doing uh, like blocking drills before the game. This dude's probably never going to play again. He's playing in a game that doesn't even matter. And, he, and before the game, he was doing blocking drills. Yeah. Like and those aren't, you know, as a catcher, that's not something you do regularly. Like or or even something you enjoy because it you're getting beat up doing it. Uh, but it's just crazy that he was doing that before his last game. And it's just stuff like that. Um, it's good for the it's good for the sport. It's good for like the 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 new generation coming up and seeing that. Um, and overall it's just, it's good. Like it's fun. It's, it's the, the fun part about baseball. Yeah, I, I agree. It is the fun part about baseball and it's, it's, it's just really nice because you can take an A's team that was disappointing and you can get, and you can have a moment like that and every team can have a moment, you know, like that. Um, so really, really cool. Also a real brief moment. If we converge onto, uh, Saturn news, but I saw today, um, the vote was happy news. I saw today, do you know who Sarah Langs is? Slangs on sports, Twitter? I think so, yeah. Um, does a lot of statistical uh, tweets and stuff and interesting tidbits. Um, a very and very enjoyable follow. Uh, she just announced today. And I mean, she can't be over 30. She just announced today that she has a- ALS, Lou Gehrig's. Oh man. That's yeah. No. So, and, and I mean, I mean, I would highly doubt she's over 30. She might be 30. And so it just, it stinks. So if you have, a, <clears throat> if you have an opportunity, um, even to just give her a follow, you know, if you're listening yeah. to this, give her a follow, uh, she, a very good account. And you know, what, the one thing that. What's her name again? Him, what was, what was the account name? Slangs on sports. Okay. I believe. Slane's on sports. Prayers out sent to, you said Sarah Lane? Yep. All right. I'll, I'll send that around. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate as well. 
Um, sad stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the nice thing is we, uh, we knew a guy, um, with ALS or still know a guy. My, actually my, my great uncle had ALS himself. Um, but we know a guy down in Miami who has it and, you know, he can still communicate with his wheelchair and with his eyes and stuff and his computer. And so, yeah, obviously it's going to take your body eventually. Um, but you still have your mind and, uh, you know, the ability to write things out. And so she will still have the ability, um, no matter how far it progresses to be able to, to be able to tweet out stuff about baseball, which is a beautiful thing. That is, yeah. I'll definitely, uh, keep an eye on that and, and give her a follow if I don't already. I'm, I think I do, but I can't remember. I follow so many baseball accounts now. So that's how it's done. Yep. So I love it. I love, I love Twitter. Twitter's a great place for some really good baseball info. Actually, I've been finding some sleepers from some smaller accounts that dive deep into like certain players and certain teams. Twitter's a good resource. That's the best. The individual team accounts yes. that dive deep into like the 55th ranked prospect yeah. of that team. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Player. Cause you're uh, never going to, you're never going to hear about that guy unless you follow those accounts. Cause it's just, it gets lost in the clutter. Yeah. There's too many players to talk about. Like if, if it's a, if it's an account that talks broad, like about all baseball, it's tough because those guys get missed out because there's so many players in baseball and so many teams that you miss out on that. Like a Justin, Justin Henry Malloy, who I like for the Braves. Like there's little like sneaky, sneaky little players like that, that don't get you brought just like up. All Braves. That's the thing that I usually don't, but dude, it's like the Rays when there's certain developmental, like where they where they're consistently doing it. You go back to the well, go back to the well until it's dried up. That's true. Uh, but uh, yep. there. but there's like that, a super loud plane or something outside. I mean, I'm in my basement. I can hear it. So, but other than that, there's. I don't know a lot of people that are listening follow this like I do, but Arizona Fall League has just started. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things. And I know I say this a lot. I love spring training. I love uh, Caribbean League. I love all that. You know, Next year. Next year I'm starting. A, it's one of my favorite things checklist and checking off each and everything. Every time you say it, I'm going to write what it is. And Please. by the end of the year, we're going to have like a list of 30 things. That is your favorite thing in baseball. I would love that. I would love that. That would actually be cool. Uh, Cause there's things that I forget about that I like. And then when they pop up, I'm like, Oh, I forgot about this. But the reason why I love Arizona fall league is, you know, you, you have all these, you know, the, the top talent in each team, basically they send it like each team sends a few of their best players that they want to have some extra reps in a league where all these players come together and they play together. And it's just fun to see it throughout the season. And then really they get tested and, and have like a more, I don't know, concentrated uh, talent pool than maybe in the minor leagues where you got like a filler pitching, you know, some, you know, random players playing that maybe shouldn't be playing in that league. This is like a concentrated version of that. And I think it's, you can get a pretty good grasp on, on players that you think, you know, an extra look on some players, but also I like it because there's certain players that get sent there that you might never even heard of. 
and you're like, ooh, if a team is sending this player, I probably should look more into it, look into this player because there's a reason why they're getting sent because there's not a lot of players from each team that get sent. Now, sometimes, from what I hear, sometimes teams send those players to be able to trade them. That too. So it's not always like, you know, I'm sending this guy because I love him and this team loves him. But there are also times where it's like, you know, the Brewers sent Jefferson Cuero and he was two for two in pickoff attempts in the early going of fall league. Like, yeah, that's sweet Uh, because we know he can hit. If the defense comes around, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this might be the next good catcher. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also saw there was, I forget who it was. It might have been um, Xavier Warren or somebody else. There was some Brewers prospect that uh, had a home run in a 106-mile-per-hour double today, but I I can't remember who it is now. <laughs> but it is, it's kind of those little fun tidbits where I'm like, or Luis Matos raking right now, and it's just like, it's like, I'm always like, yeah, sweet. They're finally figuring it out. And then I'm like, am I really going to consider like one month, couple weeks at the end of the season? Like, yeah, figuring it out. I'm going to buy them next year. Like, where do you stand on how much weight you put into fall league stats? For me, it's, it's not, I don't really look at like the overall stats as much. Like, I don't really care if, you know, let's say a certain player I like, like if I don't care if they're, if they hit 300 or how many home runs or there's certain things that I look for, uh, you know, like, and we talk about this all the time, like certain red, fl- every player has red flags yep. and some players have less red flags than others. And that's why they, they're a premium uh, in price, but there are certain things that I look for. And also there's like certain just at bats, like, okay, how, let's say a pitcher, like a Quinn Priester. I lo- like, I think he's a pretty good, pretty good arm if Beautiful there's some run exact but if like if so if there's someone that does well against him that holds more weight than you know than certain things and like the approach and, and i don't know it's it's hard to explain because it's an art more than a science i feel like yeah. uh, i get that and there it's not a one tool fits all like category on what i look for in the fall league it's just extra info to to look at yeah, a little extra info to help out with the full season's info that you saw. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if a player's been injured, <clears throat> it's the only info you're going to get for a full season. So Yeah. So, like, for instance, last year, uh, who's the kid that got traded to the Angels catcher? Logan. Uh, Logan. Yeah, that's who it was. Logan. Logan O'Happy or Hope? Still don't know how to say his name. Who knows? Anyways, but that kid... The, the only reason why I knew about that kid and knew that name was because of Arizona Fall League last year. I didn't oh. didn't know really anything about him like during the season last year. Like I heard his I saw his name here and there, but I didn't take it. I took it for a grain of salt. Got in the fall league, boom, got my attention. His stuff was already pretty cheap in the pre like in the preseason or in the offseason last year. Had a good spring. Prices go up, flip, you know, all like stuff like that. Like there's certain players like that. And not every player is like that is warrants to go out and do that. But correct. Uh, but that, that's what I got for that. Um, Jordan Lawler. <coughs> Jordan Lawler's three for six in his first two games with two home runs. So like like there's there's guys all over the place. Um, 
I know Zach Veen's down there, and uh, somebody had just said DM you about your Zach Veen post on. Uh, did you see that? Oh wait, you don't go on Instagram. Um, the uh, <coughs> somebody had said DM me about the purple Zach Veen you had posted. I wow. bet he's doing well in the Arizona Fall League right now, even though I haven't looked at his stats. Yeah, two percent, two games, seven at bats, a home run, three ribbies. Uh, two walks, three stolen bases, a double. So basically five hits and seven at-bats, two runs. Yeah, so basically he had a great two games. But, like, what does that two games do for me? Nothing. Nothing. But it's good well, to see. Well, it, 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 if you have a card, it does stuff for you because you can sell off of a two-game sample size to somebody that says DM me for that card. True. True. Not that you probably will, but, you know, the opportunities there. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure I sold that card anyways. But but there's like there's stuff like that. Uh, There's stuff like, you know, like, I don't know. It's just more baseball. You know, you can never get enough baseball. Well, you can. No, you can. If you watch if you would watch the the Brewers, 16, 16 blown saves since the start of August for the Brewers. Have you have you even watched a Tigers game in the last? No, 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 no. no. It's been horrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it, but that was there was a lot of injuries and all that stuff. The Brewers had sixteen blown saves since August first. We missed the playoffs by two. I've had enough baseball. I haven't, dude. Tigers are, dude. I'm telling you, they they wouldn't even beat some Triple A teams right now, and I'm still watching every game. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, that's just what's awesome about it. Again, it's also it's also it's also um, expectations. Yeah. In 2015, when I expected nothing out of the Brewers, I watched them every game, and I loved watching them. And a lot of times, I was watching them to watch Ryan Braun hit. But like, I still enjoyed it, and you still dreamed on the future. 2022 Brewers, with the expectations of getting to the playoffs and then miserably failing at the second half of the season, either blown saves or a blown save in which we gave up you know we only had two runs we need to score more you know so that that's one of my problems is like yeah we had a lot of blown saves but it's like who do you want to blame the guy that was winning one nothing and then gave up two runs or the offense that only scored one run and you tried to win that way um but uh when your expectations are low it's really fun when your expectations are high and you can it, it becomes a little bit more miserable. It's like you used to watch the Bucks when Giannis, <clears throat> 2013, 2014 Giannis, there weren't expectations for a championship. It was just hopefully we can keep growing um, and keep getting better. And so it's super fun to watch him grow. And then this last year after coming off of a championship, Chris Milton gets injured and you're just upset because you don't ex- you're you're now expecting to make it far in the playoffs to get back to a championship potentially. Um, not that anybody can ex- <clears throat> expect a championship. That's a little bit, that's a bridge too far, but you know, you get my point mm-hmm. to then where there's underachievement and underachievement because Middleton got injured, but it's, it becomes a disappointment instead of what was say eight years ago. Uh, if we had made it even into the playoffs, I'd have been ecstatic. Yeah. Wait, is that basketball? I forget. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I covered basketball and football, but or basketball and baseball. Also, um, real quick, real quick, <laughs> in the uh, in the world of college football, not oh, to no. brag, but the uh, Kansas Jayhawk football team is five and zero. Oh, no big deal. Um, they have not won. They've won eighteen games in the last ten years, not including this year. Before this year, the last ten years before this year, they'd won eighteen games total. They hadn't won over three games in that time period in a season. And they haven't won more than five games in a season since 2008. And now they're five and zero. Are we Kansas? Really, Kansas college football is that of all teams? And not only we college football, but Kansas of all. Next topic. Anyways, I was diving deep while you were talking about basketball or football, whatever it was, and I was looking at last year's stats. Juan Yepes had a great fall league last year, and I didn't even realize this. One thing that I like to do is I like to look at past year's uh, stats or whatever it is that I think is a good thing to look at to remind myself, oh, how well does this usually translate into future success? So I look at past success and see if there's a trend. But anyways, Juan Yepes. So like I didn't know anything about him until he started dominating for the Cardinals earlier this year. But if I would have saw that last year, maybe I would have bought something cheap and then sold it when he got called up and did well. Just I like I like this. Let's go back. All right, 2019. Andres Jimenez had the best fall league uh in OPS. Then Greg Diekman. <clears throat> haven't heard of him. Um Boom. Royce Andre Lewis him, Jimenez. Boom. That is a great example. 2019 yes. has the best OPS all-star rookie this year. Well was he a record technician? But, but hear, hear me out. So outside of Jimenez, Greg Diekman, Royce Lewis injured, Alec Baum, meh, Brandon Marsh, meh, Jemai Jones, meh, Jared Olivia, no idea, Kyle Isabel, Alfonso Rivas, Vidal Brujan, disappointment, Logan Warmouth, Geraldo Perdomo, Seth Beer, Trey Harris, Derek Hill, Joe Adele, Isaac Paredes, and then all the way down to 18th, you get to Julio. Um, it's kind of it's just kind of interesting looking back, uh, and seeing. Let's see, let's see, twenty twenty one. Yeah, Julio though he was like thirteen in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> That's true, but <laughs> you know here's an here's an interesting. You know this is a much more interesting because Lars Newbar had a pretty decent season. Yeah. JJ Blade made the majors. Austin Wells is obviously pretty good. Nick Gonzalez is good. Juan Yepes made the majors. Um <clears throat> and he, and here's the thing though, like a lot of the not every single one of these players will be good long term. But if you can get on them early and then when they get their, you know, when people start talking about them, if they have a good, let's say, first half of the following year in the minors, that's a good time to sell. But if a lot of these, some of these players you might not even think about or even know about until then. So you might want to get in on it early. Like that's the way I think about it. Yeah. Curtis Mead, 890 OPS last year. Fall league hit 313 with 360 on base, 530 slugging. And now you can see what he's doing. Did this year, obviously. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. And of course, top of the list right now, Jordan Lawler, Zach Veen, uh, Luis Matos. Oh, it was Xavier Warren. So pretty good list. Colt Keith, your guy, Colt Keith. Yeah. I'm excited. On there. 
because he got hurt this year. So, and he was on fire before he got hurt. So, I'm excited to see how he does. So, obviously, it's only been two games. So, I say maybe next week. Next yeah. week, we do an actual Arizona Fall League. We'll look at all the stats a weekend, maybe track some prices, see if anything's moving with Fall League stats. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. And let's talk MLB playoffs because of, those do start this weekend, right? I haven't uh, actually. I believe so. Probably I the wild card game. I haven't or... looked at a schedule yet um, since the season ended. So October 7th, Philadelphia, St. Louis, October 7th, Seattle, Toronto. So it starts tomorrow. Um, so here are here's what's going on. We've got Tampa Bay and the Guardians. Three games um, in Cleveland, Seattle and Toronto, three games in Toronto, the Phillies and the Cardinals, three games in St. Louis, and then the Padres and the Mets, three games in New York. And uh, <clears throat> real tough for the Padres is that you would much rather be sixth and play the Cardinals and the Braves than be fifth and play the Mets and the Dodgers. Dude, that NL side is tough, man. Holy smokes. Not, not that I'd want to play the Cardinals or the Braves right now because they've both been hot. But um, if if you're t- telling me, hey, you get three games against any of these teams, yeah, give me three games against the Cardinals. Really? Yeah, I think so. I just I don't I don't think their starting pitching is as good as other teams. Like I don't want to face Degrom and and Scherzer, in yeah, three I mean, game I series. I don't want to face anybody on the Dodgers in a three game series. And as for the Braves, I I guess I wouldn't mind facing the Braves in a three game series either. But they've been hot. That's the thing too. Like you got to factor that in. Like some teams get hot at the right time. Braves did it last year, dude. They came in hot coming in this playoffs. Like, oh my gosh. Like I, yeah. I, um, I want to play them. I, I would I would not and and obviously their offense I mean up and down that thing they have star power every other position star power at first base star power at third base star power at second suddenly star power at shortstop because Dansby Swanson is having a career year like a six one of a replacement player even though a lot of that is defense star power in the outfield <clears throat> with Ronald Acuna it, it it's 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 amazing it's amazing what they have done and and um star power with michael harris yeah michael harris von, von grissom is he still up yeah but he's he's on the bench right now uh yeah well who's he who's he gonna he's not he's not playing for dansby he's mm-hmm. not playing for ozzy he's not playing for austin riley yeah i mean be maybe, one of those pinch runner guys pinch hit yeah Maybe if you wanted to slot him in an outfield spot for like Marcelo Zuna or something every once in a while, but I I uh, I probably wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't. Uh, they, idea uh, thoughts about Marcelo Zuna as a player and as a human being, and if he should even be playing. Otherwise, you know, without even getting into that. <coughs> um, but it's 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 amazing how Von Grissom was on the bench. And you can still you can slot that guy in into a lineup if somebody gets injured. 
And dude, they're William uh, Contreras, their catcher, this young catcher. Yeah, all star this year. Dude, phenomenal hitter. And now it all makes sense why they traded Lanelliers and like they didn't keep Waters. Like they they had a plan all along. And man, they just built this team. I, I really like the the Braves team, and I'm not a Braves fan. I just I, I wish the Tigers would do this and you know make the right trade, sign the right guys, develop the right players. And their pitching is interesting, but, the, but here's another thing: a lot, every, a lot, basically everyone on their their team has that playoff experience from last year, which is huge. Mm-hmm. What what? It is huge, and it's something that we probably don't, <clears throat> you know, talk about enough. Is like these guys have been here; they're not going to be, they're not going to be nervous anymore. Um, how do I get? But you know what's crazy? is that the Astros came in with the number one seed this year. They just keep doing it year after year. Lost Correa, like losing some of their their star players are getting older, and they're still just winning games. It's crazy. Yeah. Even and without the trash can. They made – there was – because of Aaron Judge and Otani and Pujols, there was a little bit of noise about the Dodgers getting up to 111 wins. There was no noise about the Astros winning 106 games. None. None. At all. I had to look up how many games they won earlier today to figure it out. I didn't even know they were over 100. That's how little was made of that. But real quick, on the Braves, get this. Austin Riley, 877 OPS. Matt Olson, 802, which does qualify as a disappointment, but still good. Dansby Swanson, 776, good. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, 687, bad. William Contreras, 860. Michael Harris, 853. Travis no, their backup catcher, 791. Ronald Acuna, 764. Like when Acuna has a 764 and Ozzy Albies has a 703 and you're still the second best team in the NL, goodness gracious. Dude, they have so much protection in that lineup. Like, oh my gosh. Good luck. But then again, like, and then you counter that with like the Mets. Like, I would, I would love to go into playoffs with Max and and Degrom, like, all day. And I, like, I know we talked about it like before the season, uh, but pitching is so big here too. And usually, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in good pitching beats good hitting all day long. <laughs> but my goodness, at a time where it's like, I don't know, you just get this gut feeling something about the Braves. Um, but how about the Americans, the American league side? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, um, obviously Tampa Bay and the guardians, I mean, that could go, that could go any which way, but shout out to number one, shout out to the guardians for yet again, you can trade anybody you want. They're still be good (laughs) every year. Um, and they still develop pitching like crazy. And so did the Rays, and the Rays got Glass now back, so that's nice. Um, that could go either way. I also think the Mariners and the Blue Jays could go either way, but <clears throat> dude, the Blue um, Jays have been hot. The Blue Jays hot and at home, but I like the Mariners pitching staff a little bit. Yeah, uh, I was. You... I'm sorry. So, well, I was just gonna say you have Luis Castillo. And you have Robbie Ray, and then you take whichever one you want, um, Kirby or uh, 
or uh, Gilbert. And that's a pretty good pitching staff yeah. to have to beat. I do like that pitching staff, but, oh, man, something about the Blue Jays, they have been – because they underachieved the first half more <clears> than <throat> you would ever – like, they were just horrible at the beginning of the half uh, for how good that lineup is, and then they started to click. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're – they might be the scariest offensive team. One, I, I think they are the scariest offensive team on the American League side, in my opinion. Well, you know what it was? It was uh, Bo Bichette. Yeah, he started getting he, hot again. He started getting hot at the end of the year. I heard he switched up his his um, batting stance. Last seven days, 918 OPS. Last 14, 817 OPS. Last 28, 942 OPS. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy who on the year, <laughs> excuse me, on the year had an 802 OPS, but in the last month had a 942. Yeah. You got Matt Chapman, you got Vladdy, you got uh, Teoscar Hernandez, super underrated. Teoscar Hernandez is so good. Yeah, and then they have another – I'm going blank on the other kid. Uh, they have another good outfielder. They just have talent everywhere. Uh, and I I think they're, they're a scary team. I wouldn't want to play them right now. And, and they have – you know, they have those random – like Matt Chapman. Is he a very good hitter anymore? No. But – is he the type of guy that can also just sneak into a massive home run in the middle of a, a playoff series? Yes. Every year, there's someone like an Eddie Rosario, uh, you know, Jorge Soler, like with the massive home runs, the tra- uh, the Duvall guy, Adam Duvall last year for the break. Like every year, it, it, it's more about like you get the – it's it, it's weird in the, when you get in the playoffs, like you just need timely hitting. Like you only mm-hmm. need a few runs a game because usually it's low scoring games in the playoffs because managers Pressure. are yeah, like there's they're they're playing to win. They're they're not they're taxing their bullpen, they don't care about the longevity of it. Um, so you you need those guys like almost like the the power hitters, like hey, I don't care if you go uh 0 for eight, like give me one home run uh out of like every every other game or whatever. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Like that's that's really what you're shooting for and that's why those guys are scary, like the Matt Chapmans and and yeah. and uh, they also got Ben Attendee, right? Yeah, they got him. In the Yan- Yankees have Ben Attendee. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Jays got Whit Merrifield. That's right. I got the so, mix. Still up. Royal. Uh, but yeah, like all all the way around, <clears throat> scary. Uh, scary lineup. Yeah, oh. I got mixed up with Ben Attendee because the the vaccine. He was supposed to go to the Blue Jays. Oh. Which they stopped now, no yeah. longer. Uh, you can play in you can play in Canada without the vaccine. Um, uh, real quick, I I was a little bit too harsh with Matt Chapman. He was fine this year, seven fifty seven OPS, um, one fifteen OPS plus. Again, not spectacular, not incredible, but not as bad as I made it seem uh, like five minutes ago. That being said, he's still not the type of guy that I'm expecting to do huge damage in the playoffs outside of a random occasional home run. But those guys are nice. Like, I would much rather have Matt Chapman in his and his uh, than Luis Urias at third base. Like, Luis Urias, the Brewers third baseman, he sneaks into a home run every once in a while, but not to the extent that Matt Chapman will, you know? 
Dude, how do you bring up a Brewers player when we're talking about the playoffs? My goodness. Oh. I'm going to bring up Carlos Guillen. Remember Carlos Guillen or uh, Placido Polanco? No, well, okay. we essentially, I, I bring it up because Luis Urias was like an atrocious hitter all year, and yet he was a 740 OPS, a 110 OPS plus, which is just you know a little bit lower than Matt Chapman. And so for those of you that maybe don't watch a ton of Blue Jays games, but maybe you have some Brewers knowledge or somebody similar to that, you can say, you know, I like I don't watch Matt Chapman a lot, but I can be like, oh, I have in my head. Oh, I know what he I know how frustrating his offense must be because it's probably pretty close to Luis Urias. Yeah. Gold Glover, though, uh, Matt Chapman. So that's always a plus. But my the thing that I think is curious, like I'm curious on your thoughts, the Tampa Bay, Cleveland, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I think the winner out of that is going to be either Tampa or Cleveland. Yeah, I think the Yankees are by far the worst team that like if they didn't have Aaron Judge. Are they a playoff team? Yeah, I mean, I think they still are. And, and obviously they have Aaron Judge, but. If I'm them, I walk Aaron Judge every single plate appearance without fail. Yeah, I mean, he's not getting a chance at a solo home run. He's definitely not getting a chance at hitting a ball with people on base. Yeah, right in the ribs every time. I mean, I'm not plunking him. Um, Jimbo is <laughs> Jimbo is advocating for plunking him. That's not me. Um, let that be known. Not that he's a bad guy, but it's just I don't know. I mean, I'm a big believer in old school baseball. <laughs> well, I uh, I don't want my guys plunked, so I'm not going to advocate for somebody else getting plunked. That being said, whoever wins Tampa Bay, Cleveland, I'm pretty sure you can just walk Aaron Judge every single at bat, and you probably have a pretty stinking good chance of beating the Yankees because they really were not a good team. Um, I think I saw down the stretch Aaron Judge had like 1,300 OPS in September and October. And the rest of the Yankees, two through nine hitters, if we're saying Aaron Judge is leading off, the rest of the Yankees, two through nine hitters, had a 650-something OPS. It was less than half of Aaron Judge's OPS was the combined rest of the Yankees roster OPS. That's how bad the Yankees have been. You take out Aaron Judge, you take out their team. And not take him out by injuring him, just walk him. Yeah. Walk them every plate appearance, and you have a much better chance of beating them. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say I would, I would probably hit them is because the Yankees. I feel like they they're they're a very emotional team. Like uh, I forget earlier this year, something happened with Garrett Cole. Like that dude, loose cannon. You get him like that, and everyone's like, "Oh no, you want that in a player, whatever." I don't think he can control it. Like certain players like that, where it's like, oh, if you do that, get the rest of the team fired up. Aaron Judge is awesome. He's super cool, calm, and collect. But then you get in his mind, and then you get in the other players, and then they want to retaliate, and then you get a free walk off of someone. Uh, getting plunked. That, yeah, like maybe getting injured. Yeah, but I'm like, hey, hit him. Oh, you, like, you, can, you can plunk Aaron Judge maybe twice. The next guy that plunks him is getting ejected. And the guy that plunks him after that is probably getting ejected. That's why you sign a Jimbo Reyes to go in there. I'll give you three heaters. Yeah, yeah, but if you get ejected and you get suspended, 
you're playing a, a 24 man roster for the rest of that, you know, the rest of that series. Cause you can't change your roster. All right. Next thing I got a question for, you know, how I love, <laughs> love the environment. You know, I'm all about cold weather, hot weather, all that. Cleveland, if let's say Cleveland beats Tampa and it's Cleveland and the Yankees, like we're getting in the cold months. That is a very interesting thing too, where I think it plays better for Cleveland because they're, you know, I think their their pitching is really like they got some great arms that people don't really, I don't feel like talk about enough. But also their hitting uh, plays way more into a cold weather type of game which I find yeah. very interesting long-term. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> they got a lot of guys that just get on base, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't, they're not going to out slug you, but they got guys that get on base and just work them around. Got great pitching. I mean, that's the, that's the type of recipe that can make it a long way. Like I wouldn't be shocked now. Like it's, it's one thing we should, I should mention is that, the AL Central is not good. Hey, they didn't play a lot of good teams this year. 17 games a year come against every team in your division. So 17 times four, that is what? Uh, 68 games. All right. Calm down. Let's not hate on the AL Central now. Come on. I understand where you're going. The NL Central is just as bad. Does that help? The what? Yeah, I guess that does help a little bit. Does that help? The NL Central, Central, I mean, <clears throat> middle of America is just not good. Not good at baseball this year. And so, like, that is one of my fears is like, um, the year, uh, the year, uh, Shane Bieber won his Cy Young. I was like, yeah, good year. I don't think he's going to do it next year because he's not playing the AL Central every game because 2020 was just regional games. You didn't play anybody else until the playoffs. So I was like, he doesn't get to play the Tigers' terrible offense, the Royals' terrible offense. Um, you know, not. I'm not trying to insult you. Just it, it's a fact it's of life. Yeah, it is. It's okay. And uh, <clears throat> he doesn't get to pitch against those teams, and so um, that is part of my worry for the Guardians. That being said, I I do like that offense i like all the random guys they find in the you know the stephen kwans of the world um and the fact that they have jose ramirez to just keep that thing chugging along um and you know andre Semenez having good year and guys like that so like it's a good offense good pitching staff do i worry about it going up against al east opponents sure i definitely do um but i also wouldn't be shocked if they are the team that came out of the AL. Yeah. Honestly, I would take them over the Yankees, and I would take them over Seattle if I had, if I had to choose. I like it. Um, do you think the Padres have any chance of making any noise? Playoffs, dude. You never know. Like, if, if you get a bad game from DeGrom, DeGrom. or Scherzer, you sneak a win through one of the like, you know they they got the talent. They just haven't put it together this year. And playoffs, man, you just yeah. never like that's the thing. That's baseball playoffs is so tricky. It's not like it, you know the NFL. You literally just have to get in. Yeah, and that's why it kills me. It 
kills me. Brewers. They came down because look, look, hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have like the 11th best offense by WRC plus um, in the league, which is shocking. The reason our team failed was because of our pitching down the stretch. And that's shocking in and of itself because the Brewers were a pitching factory for years. The thing that kills me is that I know all you have to do is make it. So being one game away from just making it, look, now you have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff to play those games. Like if we didn't have to pitch Brandon Woodruff, we pitched Brandon Woodruff, but if you didn't have to pitch him last game of the year, you don't. And then he's ready for game one. Woodruff ready for game two. That's a win. You get a couple days off. All of a sudden, you know, Woodruff and Burns maybe pitch game two and game three. Don't pitch game four, game five. And then with the days off in there, can probably pitch game six, game seven. Or, or there's only five games. But you get my point. Like, there's the Mets that can match up with Burns and Woodruff and and you never know what might happen and the Brewers have other pitching starting pitching and then you don't have to use them all so you can slot one in the bullpen or two so it's just brutal to me to think you could ride you could ride a tandem of Burns and Woodruff to the promised land all you have to do is get there yeah you don't get there and now all of a sudden you have two years left of them they're both getting absurdly expensive I don't think we're going to be able to keep both of them no no chance. And there goes that. Yeah, there's no chance you guys will be able to keep both. You guys are going to have to choose one, which I agree. Like if the Brewers got in, they would be the same the same scenario, like a sneaky team I would hate to play because of their pitching. Their hitting doesn't scare me, but their pitching. Their yep. pitching is just – but that's that's the, that's the what's fun about this. Random question for you. A little off topic, but I, I just thought of this because uh, I had this uh, – I had the same, not debate, but discussion with one of my buddies. Who would you rather have in the in the offseason, like free agent-wise, Carlos Correa or Trey Turner? Oh, Trey Turner. Yeah, me too. All day long. Because Carlos Correa has an opt, uh, you know, the Twins didn't make it, but he has yeah. he can opt out of that contract. And so he definitely be, is going to. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That was such a weird signing. I mean, I don't blame him. Also, I, I want to just bring something up. You said, and I quote, don't fear the Brewers offense. Well, Mr. Jimbo Reyes, you know who was third in home runs in the MLB this year? The Brewers uh, offense. Brewers. I'm just telling you. Just facts, bro. The Brewers. I of course, if we 10th uh, in, in OPS. So still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they almost made the playoffs. Like, you're going to have stats like that. But if I'm comparing it, like, as a whole, when you see in all these teams, uh, like the Dodgers, basically, they're they're just good. They're probably going to run through this entire playoffs. Um, but, like, the Braves, like, you like their – like, I like their offense, but their, their pitching is a little questionable. Tampa, there's question – you know, there's question marks everywhere. Cleveland, there's question marks. Like, Yankees, like, everyone besides Judge and Cole – question marks and you know they have some some solid pitchers everyone has like a lot of question marks uh for each team and that's why i say that about the brewers why i wouldn't fear them their offense as much as their pitching yeah um 
All right. Uh, one last thing here. Quick prediction. Who do you got? Who oh, who from the AL? Who from the NL? Who's winning? Oh. You go first. I like it. All right. I think, honestly, I think the Braves are coming back out. I think they've been too hot. Um, I think they're hot at the right time. And the only thing that will be able to slow them down is the Cardinals' uh, devil magic, the Cardinals eating babies, uh, whatever you want to say about the Cardinals. They are mm-hmm. always cheating. Um, so may- maybe the Cardinals could slow them down, but I think the Braves are coming out of the NL. <clears throat> and... I, I don't think the Yankees have what it takes. Um, I don't think the Mariners have what it takes to beat the Astros. Maybe the Blue Jays have what it takes offensively, but I, I think the Astros are going to... Astros are guardians. I'll probably have to go with Astros. I know that's lame, but their pitching staff is just too stinking good. Um, I'm going Braves-Astros again. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's what's tough. Like, you could pick any scenario of mixed matching these teams, and I, I would be like, yeah, I could see it. The, the way I'm going to go, all right, I'm going to go Cleveland over – no, I'm going to go Tampa over Cleveland. Okay. Maybe. And then, no, I'm going to go Cleveland over Tampa. Cleveland over the Yankees. And then they're in. And then I'm going to go Blue Jays over Seattle – Houston over the Blue Jays. And then I'm going to go just because I want to mix it up. I'm going to go Cleveland over the Astros. And so Cleveland's going to make the World Series, which this would be a nightmare for me because Cleveland is easily the team I do not like the most because I'm a Tigers fan. Um, But I just think they're pitching sneaky and and them playing in that cold weather. I just feel like, I don't know, there's something that they got a couple of good arms in the bullpen that I like. All right, NL side. I'm going to go Cardinals over Philly, and I really like the Cardinals face the Braves. I think that's a really interesting playoff game. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals just to mix it up. But I think that's a coin flip. But I feel like the Cardinals have – I don't know. They have that mojo in the playoffs. Same with the Braves, though. But I think with Goldschmidt and uh, Arenado – that's a scary lineup with with you know all the other fillers in between. Um, I'm going to go the Mets over San Diego, and then I'm going to have to go the Dodgers. They're just too good. And then I'm going to go the Dodgers over the Cardinals. So Car- Dodgers, Cle- Cleveland, and then Dodgers to win it all. I like it. Well, I'll, I'll fill in mine. I think I got Cleveland over Tampa Bay. I've got the Mariners <coughs> over the Blue Jays. Astros over Mariners. Guardians over Yankees. Astros over Guardians. On the other side, Phillies over Cardinals because, you know, the Cardinals. Uh, So go Phillies. And then Mets over the Padres. And, yeah, Dodgers over the Mets. I just think the the Mets haven't been hot enough, but the Padres also haven't been hot. Um, And the Phillies haven't been hot, but I refuse to select the Cardinals. And then Dodgers, Braves, Braves over the Dodgers, and probably, hopefully, the Braves to win it all. And oh. one last note before I forget, I say all this, but I know what I'm, I know it's really going to happen. Gotcha. Everyone knows what's going to happen. Stupid Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright are all going to retire at the end of the season, hoisting a stinking World Series trophy. I can, I can see it already. 
It's going to ruin me. It's going to be the worst moment of my life. And I just, I am gearing up for that to be an absolute going to happen. 2006 nightmares all over again. <clears throat> yeah. That, I mean, how, how does that not happen? Hot team winning a ton of games since the all-star break on a roll. <laughs> and they have three, two hall of famers and Adam Wainwright, or maybe even three hall of famers, depending on how you want to push Adam Wainwright's hall of fame agenda. And all of a sudden, uh, Retiring at the same time, MLB probably giving Albert Pools back the juice baseballs, and <laughs> it's going to be the Dude, worst. They're definitely juicing his stuff. Out. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that happening. Unfortunately, um, but if there's teams, the teams I, I would love to see win are the Braves, the Rays, or the Blue Jays. Not the Mariners. No, Too soon for the Mariners. I just I can't get. I don't know. Like they're just. <clears throat> I can't. I don't know. Well, I have a clear cut four I do not want to see win. Yankees, <laughs> Astros, Cardinals, and Dodgers. I can agree with that. Astros, I don't know, man. I like the I don't hate the Dodgers for being good because they they've just built that team. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. They don't, you know, they have a ton of money. They don't actually spend it on on free agents. They just spend it on homegrown talent. And yeah, it's admirable. And yeah, they're really good. And I, yeah, I hate them. Um, for being really good. Um, it's just a nightmare scenario. You crack me up, dude. Nightmare scenario would be Yankees, Cardinals, or Astros. Astros, Cardinals, I think, would actually be the most nightmare of scenarios for me. Yeah. That would be the worst. But also, shout out to the old NL Central six teams. Astros, Cardinals, Pirates, Reds, Brewers, Cubs. Old times, old days. Yep. And <laughs> thank thank my lucky stars. Thank God. Thank whatever you want that uh, the Astros are no longer in the NL Central. Yeah, right when they got good. Yeah. Lucky you Dodge guys. that bullet. Yep. So. Good times. I, in my mind, I still think of them as NL all the time. Yeah. Do you think of the Brewers as AL? No, no. Uh, so they joined the they joined the National League in 1997. Yeah, that's. I've had enough time of them in the NL to think of them as NL. Yeah. All right, Jimbo. I think with that we should probably close out of here. Let's do uh, it. Appreciate you guys all listening to our ramblings today. I had a good time, Jimbo. You have a good time. Always, dude. Always. Always. All right. Well. We will be back next week to talk fall league and probably some updates on what's happening in the playoffs. Um, at least round one will be done. We will see if the Cardinals devil magic is working or if they are finally sent home and I can forget about the Cardinals and Albert pools for the rest of my life. Yeah. So um, thank you everyone for listening today. Shout out to Jimbo and roadshow cards. I do. I do got to do one plug just because I just remembered it. Roadshowcards.com. We got three shops putting inventory on every single day on our website for singles, wax, whatever. If you want, go ahead and scroll. Uh, there's like 96 pages of singles. So find whatever you guys like. All sports. Cool. There we go. Roadshowcards.com. That is where you can get your wax and your singles. Sure. And you can support 
good guys. Uh, you know, if you don't necessarily know the guys at wherever you might order online products at, well, you know Jimbo. And I can confirm that Jimmy, the owner of Roadshow Cards, is a wonderful, wonderful dude. And uh, if you want to support somebody, definitely support him. Uh, you know that your money is going to good people. I appreciate that. So, all right, Jimbo, thank you for joining everyone else. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you guys again next Friday. See you.